Welcome back to the 4A Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going through the rookies. 2023, there's a lot of good rookies on the slate, and we're going to draft who we think are going to be the best rookies this year. We're having a little competition. There's going to be eight rounds to this. We're drafting which players we think are going to produce the most war, and at the end of the season, the person who has the most war out of their rookies wins the competition. So as the standings are right now, I have one win from our all-time draft. Tom won the postseason tournament. And as it looks like Aiden is going to win the free agent signings are in the project in the predictions of that. So this could be real big leverage. Obviously we're gonna have other competitions that last throughout the season. How are we doing today, boys? I'm doing good. I'm prepared. Um, did my research. Steves, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Looking over doing a couple last minute notes, but I think I got a good group of guys that I want to go after. So the other day I was on this wonderful app called Random Name Generator and I spun a wheel and with Stevs, Tom, and I's name on it. I drew the first pick, Tom drew second, Stevs drew third, but he also does get the wraparound pick. So I'm going to kick it off and go into the first round. I think there's two choices here of who could go first overall. It's between Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson, and I'm going to go with Corbin Carroll because I think he's got a little bit better defense than Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Tom, you're on the board. Gunnar Henderson's going to Tom's team. I did not expect uh, I did not expect Gunnar Henderson to drop to me. Uh, this is great. I got Gunnar Henderson. All right, Stubbs, you got two picks. Yeah, I know. I'm looking over. Um, so, honestly, I mean, obviously, Gunnar Henderson's kind of the top guy. I think everyone expects him to win the Rookie of the Year. Um, and we did talk about what about guys. So there, this is guys that are projected to come up this year, or and stuff like that. But what about the guys that actually don't make it up? Like, and how are we going to calculate their war? They don't count. They, they don't, don't count. count. So yeah, basically, so you just, you just also get them. be wary of the thing that says level because MLB had like Diego Cartaya on MLB level, but he's never played above Double A. So just be mm-hmm. wary of that. Yeah, I know, but like Jack Leiter, like he's probably not going to get up this year until maybe the end of the season at best. Then if he produces anything at the end of the season, that's all you got going for you. Okay. Um. Well, I think I'm going to go with my first pick. I'm going to go with Masataka Yoshida. I think that's a good safe pick. He's a proven professional, and I think that that's smart. And then to on the wraparound, I'm going to go with um, Oswald Peraza. I think he might have a really good breakout year for the Yankees. Those are two good picks. I was really hoping Stevs would forget about the international players, um, but he did not. Um, I'm going to go Kodai Senga. I feel like that's a safe bet. I really was hoping to get both of them, but uh, getting Kodai Senga is in the big city, getting the big contract. I think he's going to perform well. So that's who you're going to get both. That's who I kind of hoped would fall to me. Uh, Kodai Senga. Um, so on my list, I've got like eight people that I could take with my second pick, but I think the most reliable, like this guy will produce war this season is Grayson Rodriguez of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, but that does also give me my third round pick, which I, I don't know where I'm going on this one. Cause you could take like a Miggy Var from the Dodgers, but you're not guaranteed playing time there. Same with Francisco Alvarez. He should play. But they also just got Omar Narvaez, the Mets, that is. Um, with my third-round pick, I'm going to take Ezekiel Tovar 
of the Colorado Rockies. He's going to be their starting shortstop this season. That's a good pick. I actually, I actually know that that's their number one prospect, and that's kind of going to be a person that's going to be your everyday player, and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to develop, and he's going to accumulate WAR the whole season. That's that's a safe bet. What's not safe is my next pick. Okay, um, let me just look around really quick. You know what? You know what? Maybe we're going to go safe. I'm going to go Francisco Alvarez. I think I think I like that pick. Um, it's safe, um, but this kind of leads into the more risky players here. So talk about risky players. My first pick is going to be more of a risky one, and my second pick will be more of a safe one. I'm going to go with Robert Hassel because obviously I'm a Nats fan and stuff like that. So I have to bet on the players that we just traded for, and I'm going to put my bet into him. My more safe pick um, is is Jordan Walker. Okay. I think he's definitely a safe bet. I don't think you can really go wrong with him, every guy of his caliber. I think your issue isn't going to be whether they're good or not. It's whether they're up or not. Um, Hassel's not really projected to come up until September, and Jordan Walker is going to be a mid-season upgrade. I think Castle will come up sooner than you think and Jordan Walker Jordan Walker I could see either way because they have players at every position but I'll give you that and then Tom there's 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 one player that I really want to pick but that has the question mark of where where is he even going to play and that's Brett Beatty who came up and played pretty good baseball last season at least with a bang to start his career with a home run um I'm just concerned whether he'll be on the team or not, especially considering the Correa move right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this guy. I'm going to roll the dice. Um, give me Brett Beatty. All right. See, if if they lose out on Correa, I think that's a really good pick. Because right now the Mets have Carlos Correa, but obviously nothing's official. Um, and they still have Eduardo Escobar, and every day of the week Eduardo Escobar plays about Brett Beatty. Um. So until either Escobar is traded or Correa goes, Beatty is not going to be seeing that much playing time. So entering, what am I in fourth round pick? Do I want to go risky here? And I'm going to go Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros. Um, He is literally Justin Verlander 2.0. His mechanics are the exact same. And it looks like he's going to be getting to that starting rotation this year. Um, I could see 150, 160 good innings out of him, and that in itself is going to produce two or three war. And obviously, so we're going for here. Um, man, I think I'm going to double up on pitchers, and I'm going to take Tom's Kyle Harrison of the San Francisco Giants. Oh. I really liked him coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, and then watching him in the Futures game this year, I thought that there's just high left-handed potential there, especially since you're not going to have the risk of lefties and the bay because it's difficult to pull on kyle harrison with the ball running in that much that's a good pick that's a really good pick you know that was on my list too uh that's fine uh i'm going with a guy that i honestly am pretty high on and that the uh, top 100 is not very high on he's at 64th but logan O'Hop for the angels um he's gonna be an everyday player he's gonna be starting the season so that's gonna be a war accumulator for sure definitely one of the more safe picks So as I'm looking through, I need, I want to get one pitcher. I'm not, Brad's more of a pitching focused mindset and I'm more of a, I like batters more just kind of how we talk about the game. Um, 
and just looking but just looking through the pitching options there's not one that stands out above the rest like obviously there's bobby miller for the dodgers and and stuff like that but i'm gonna go there's there's two or three guys but i'm gonna go with quinn priester from the pirates all right anything first pick where you got like any reason well so the they did just sign the pirates signed rich hill and i think if he can come up quicker rather than later sooner rather than later then i think then i think he can help develop him along a little quicker Mm, especially like two heavy curveball guys exactly and then for my second pick it's just hard like you can't i don't think you can go wrong on any one of these guys But I think I'm going to go with – let me make sure no one drafted him. No. I'm going to go with Bo Naylor from the the Guardians. Rock, Brad, uh, yeah. rock the baby junior. Yeah. Hey, Brad, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bobby Miller should be coming up like at least midseason, right, if not starting the season? I can't say yes to that. I don't think he's going to. You don't think they have room for him? Projectedly, he could, but he could. It's just he's not gonna unless starting pitching gets hurt, he's not gonna see starting time because it goes Urias, Syndergaard, Kershaw, Dustin May, uh, Tony Gonsolin, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, and then probably Bobby Miller. So he'd probably go to the bullpen. Yeah, which is just not good for war. Gotta think for a minute. Um Hmm. A lot of these guys went off the board already. So, well, let me just double check. This yeah, thing Brad here. picked all the starters that everyone wanted. <laughs> Brad is Brad is very good at this, but but I I can I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm gonna clutch up. Um, one moment though. While Tom is doing that, I'm going to plug our socials. Um, so every day I'm posting a Stev check on TikTok, and we are also editing and posting clips there on TikTok, on YouTube shorts and stuff like that. Um, and along with that, we have a Twitter account. Uh, what's, what, Brad, what's the handle? Uh, it's at 4A's podcast, AAA podcast. A lot of interaction wherever you want. Yep, we Brad is very, very, very interactive on Twitter and everything like that. So please go check out our Twitter. He does a very good job on that. I am keeping up to date as much as I can uh, with all the moving pieces on TikTok. And Tom is working very hard on editing those clips for the YouTube. Now, Tom? I completely forgot about this guy. Um, <laughs> but Royce Lewis, he has dealt Damn. with so many injuries, but now he's back and he has been good when he is on the field. So, yes, I am taking Royce Lewis. So I was kind of looking at that as well, but my issue with him is he's not going to really, really be back on the field until July because of his ACL tear. Um, and it's just, if if he can be what he was in his 12-game sample, that's really good. It's just whether he can achieve that again or not. Um, I like that Tristan Casas is still on the board. I don't know if I trust him, though. I am going to one very specific thing on Baseball Savant, and if I see what I want, I will take him. 
And he's got an elite eye at the plate. I mean, the walk percentage is something that we haven't seen from any of these batters, except for he just doesn't get hits. Um, so that's something he's gonna have to make a change with next season. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, he's got a good hitters park to hit in. So I mean, he might make that jump next year. Yeah, I'm so hesitant to do it. If you don't take it my way, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I have two picks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am going to take with my first pick, Josh Jung of the Texas Rangers. He's going to be an everyday third baseman. There's there's upside on his pop, but there's also just the reliability of he's going to have support in that lineup. Um, and he's going to have to pay, play a pivotal role because it really does fall off after the fifth man in that lineup. So if the Rangers do want to succeed, they're going to rely on Josh Jung. Um, I am going to not take Tristan Casas. Tom, you can have him. I am going to go with Alec Burleson of the St. Louis Cardinals. I really liked his batted ball profile uh, from last season. It does look like the St. Louis Cardinals are always in need of depth. The DH position is always open for them, uh, especially with Pujols being gone. It's open all the time. There's a great place for him to fit right into that lineup. Okay, so that leaves the man, the myth, the legend, Tristan Casas. Um, I'm picking him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm staying true to my word. I mean, there's not much more you can say about that, right? So, for me, I'm I. There was a picture that caught my eye as I was just skimming through, and I'm doing a little more research on him. He didn't really have, just based on stats, he didn't have the best like 2022 outings. He went two and two, and it, it's 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 Matthew Libertor. Um, I don't really know much about him. He is. Fair. He's he's ranked 80th on the top prospects, but I I like what I see. He's a good lefty arm, and I think I'm gonna go with him for my first pick. Okay. What do you think about him, Brad? I am. What do I do my second? The, pick? What he really struggled. He just struggled with giving up hard contact when he was in majors, and honestly, like that's something that I don't know if you can train out of in a year. Like it's something you can definitely develop over time. Um. The one thing with him is none of his pitches grade out like incredibly high. It's his command that grades out ridiculously high. So it doesn't look like he's going to be striking out too many players on the major league level. There's still the opportunity for him to get it. Uh, but he did struggle a bit in the minor leagues after he was sent down again. So I am hesitant on that pick, but I do see where the upside is there. So I am going to go with him. I think that it's a good upside pick. And if they can tweak what is missing then i'm gonna go with him and for my other one i'm gonna go with anthony volpe okay i think that's just a, another safe pick in a draft where i'm taking a couple of risks tom does not think so are I you disagree uh, are you replacing aiden as our resident yankees bandwagon no it's just yeah, they volpe. have they have two young players that are supposed to be very good so I'm gonna take the chance that both of them are gonna be very good. You, you I don't just like have to the, ask the question. Yeah, you just have to ask the question: Where are you gonna put one or the other? Are you gonna move one to third base? You have mm -hmm. to DH one of them. I mean, yeah, but again, you could easily do that. It's not that difficult. The Yankees have so many holes in their lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, um, fair enough. I'm, I'm, you know, what? is is this the last pick? Yes. All right, we're going with a risky one. Um. I my prediction, my hot take is that Ellie De La Cruz will be a major leaguer 
by the all-star break. No, that's a little too early uh, by like a week after the all-star break. Yep. One week later, this guy has just maintained consistency. I mean, he's been flying up the minors and every single level that he's jumped up to, he's remained consistently good. I, I truly think that he'll keep jumping and that he'll make the leap by the end of the year. Hmm. Yeah, I wish there were more rounds for this because I gen- there's so many good prospects, but I think it's limiting it to what we think the best are. And I'm hesitant with my last pick. I'm going to be honest, but the name's awesome. The guy can oh, no, pitch he's and he's, he's got a it. lot of upside. <laughs> I'm going to take Brandon fat of the Arizona diamondbacks. Uh, yeah. He's got a lot of upside. Like, Fastball can, is already graded as a 60. Slider is 55 out of 60. We're looking at that curveball and changeup increasing with good command. He's going to slot right into a Diamondbacks uh, rotation. And honestly, he's striking out 12.3 batters in per nine in double A, 10.8 in triple A. So you see the strikeout numbers are there. And war loves itself some strikeouts. So if you can get some consistency and some strikeouts, I think there's a lot of high upside for Brendan, Brendan Fat. <laughs> I need myself a jersey, man. What what team is he on? Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. So that's an up and coming team. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's spelled like that. I think it's better. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I I again, like it's so difficult to predict like what rookies are gonna be. Like two years ago, all of us could have taken Jared Kelnick with the first overall pick and been like, Yeah, that was a great pick. And that didn't pan out. I think there is some safety in Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, and the two Japanese players, just because, like, you kind of know what their what their worst is going to be. Like, you know, at worst, if Corbin Carroll isn't hitting for power, he's going to get on base and steal and play good defense. Henderson looks like he's the real deal. Yeah, um, And then 100%. Yoshida, uh, from all reports, looks like a dollar store Stephen Kwan. Um. So there's not much pop in the bat, a little less contact, and the defense is piss poor. Um, but it does hey, have upside if he can translate. What's up? Throw that into Fenway, and that's 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 a 300 hitter right there. He's I mean, a lefty just... though. Well, you got a short porch too, just to help just to help you out. You know, yeah. he's gonna be fine. Yeah, but I do like Kodai Senga. I was hoping he would fall to me. Um, I just think he's gonna have innings to throw, and it's just whether the elbow holds up with a little bit different baseball. Um. He's going to have to play a pivotal role in the Mets. So there's no denying that he is going to be there. The I am worried about Grayson Rodriguez getting not called up in May because that's what they do with Adley Rutschman. But I think that in seeing that Adley Rutschman still was able to get that year of service time, they're going to be less hesitant to call up Grayson Rodriguez because even if he finishes top three in uh, AL Rookie of the Year voting, he's either going to have the year of service time already or get boosted up to it. So I can see it happening either way. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the steal of the draft is Brad picking Ezekiel Tavar in the third round. I was thinking he would fall to the fifth, and I could just hop on it, but um, Brad came prepared. That that's my steal of the draft. That's my hot take. I'm gonna say that's probably gonna be the best pick in the whole draft, just for value and position uh, picked. Stas, what do you think the steal of the draft would be? The steal of the draft. I I, I kind of have to agree with Tom on that. Um, I do like your. Brendan Fat pick. Um, I think I honestly think that's one that we're gonna come back to and and really like that overall. Yeah, and all the Fangraphs projections loves Ezekiel Tovar for some reason. Uh, I'm just trying to look at his batted ball profile from last season, and he's sitting 
88.6 average exit velo, which isn't bad. He's averaging a barrel every 8.6 plate appearances. Not bad. Like you can definitely see where a breakout would take place. And his expected Woba was 39 points higher than his actual. So there's already positive regression showing up, hitting the ball fairly hard. But the thing that isn't there is the walk percentage, which is risky. But then again, he is going to be playing in cores for 81 games. So if you put in the ball in play, you're going in the right direction. Um, he loves himself some fastballs and pitches aren't going to move as extremely in Colorado. So hopefully he can take advantage of that. I don't know. I, and worst thing is worse. He's a slightly below average hitter, but he has good defense because he has the opportunity there, especially in Colorado. Cause there's gonna be so many balls in play. I yeah, really, for sure. yeah, I really liked Thomas pick of Logan O'Hop. I was really hesitant with him because his batted ball profile, again, not great. But when you're getting an everyday catcher, you're still going to get value out of that because you look at people like Austin Hedges. He's still putting up a war, even though he's not hitting at all. And worse things worse, Logan O'Hop turns out to be something like that. I mean, that's just how rookies work. I mean, honestly, there's a chance that one of us could finish with a negative war cumulative, like just because of how war works and how sometimes rookies don't perform at a level. Um, but honestly, looking through all these players, I think we did pick pretty, pretty safe, uh, for the most part. What do you think is the, like the most out there pick? Yoshida going in the first round. I, yeah, I would have picked him if it came around back to me, to be honest. I think, cause I just think that Yoshida would probably would have put up more war than Senga just because batters usually get the upper hand on that. Yeah. I think that, and just to clarify also, uh, we are using baseball reference war, um, not fan graphs cause Fangraph's pitching war solely relies on FIP, and FIP is not the end-all be-all of pitching stats. Um, I think Stev's pick of Robert Hassel, it has high upside if he does come up, but it's just with someone with so much uncertainty of whether they're going to be up, I'm surprised you did take him over someone like Jordan Walker, Quinn Priester. I mean, I got both of them anyways, so but I'm saying like <laughs> it didn't really matter. No, but I'm saying like in, in terms of order of a draft, I don't think I would have taken him I mean, above the seventh or eighth round so my thing is right i i think he will come up mm. sooner rather than later i don't know if he'll, he won't be on our opening day roster but i think he will come up mm, i'm not sure when but he will come up sooner rather than later and i think he's gonna perform at a high level and i ended up getting jordan and walker and quinn priester anyways the it's it it was hard to look through and figure out who I wanted, but I, I, I like who I ended up came, coming away with. Tom, is there anyone you wish that you had drafted that wasn't taken? That wasn't taken? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple just because I'm now like kind of regretting picking Royce Lewis just because that ACL injury. It's going to be, it's going to be hard for him to replicate obviously, but probably Miguel Vargas just because his, his stats on paper don't look as good, but he was actually, He's an elite player, and he's someone that's like one of the physically talented players in the league. I think he's got like a like ninety six percentile sprint speed. You know, he's very strong and fast. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of playing time too. So that probably would have been a, a safer pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, that, that's the one guy I would probably switch out. But other than that, I think I think I'm pretty confident in this squad. Yeah, I I looked at Miguel Vargas. I looked at Ryan Pepio, Dodger bias, but like I know he's going to get innings. The one I regret most not taking is Jordan Westberg of the Orioles. He's an outfielder. He's going to get playing time this year, especially since like 
The Orioles outfielders are susceptible to injury. They've got Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Anthony Santander looking to be their starting three. Um, there's still room for a DH. You got to rotate in and out. They haven't signed Trey Mancini yet for some reason. Uh, Orioles get on that. Um, but just looking at Jordan Westberg's minor league numbers, he put up a 473 slugging percentage in a 358 Woba in double A, and that actually only got better in triple A when he put up a 508 slugging and 379 Woba. I definitely considered taking him in the eighth round. It's just, I don't know how many at bats I'm going to get out of him. And it's also knowing that I, the Diamondbacks are in more need of pitching than the Orioles are in need of outfield help right now. That's yeah. I mean, there, I'm just looking through. I mean, it's kind of bizarre. I, I, I don't want to say this is a Giants fan, but there's a lot, there's a lot of Dodgers in here. Um, I didn't know Gavin Stone was that guy. Uh, he's actually very good. He he should be getting called up this year, right? I mean, he even went to the triple A and pitched well too. So like, that's that's another guy I might have picked. Um, just looking through here, there's another uh, Wilmer Flores. That's the number two. That's that's this is a clone. Um, but he's on the he's on the Tigers. Rest in peace, man. Uh, that's that's too bad. But anyways, other than that, I I think that our teams are all pretty good. And there's a couple of players that you could switch in and out. And I think we're gonna have a lot of regrets. Like a lot of these players that we didn't pick are going to obviously have a higher war and probably perform better. But yeah, right now at the moment, I think these are the greatest picks we could do. We could have done. Yeah, I agree. I think like the biggest, like I had Vargas projected as a third round, Pepio as a third round, Curtis Mead as a third round. Yeah. Um, and Yuri Perez did not get drafted. Um, that's when I saw to be, I thought to be kind of surprising because the Marlins are continuously in the trade market. That doesn't mean they're participating in. They have names in the trade market. They're always like, oh, we're going to shop our pitching. But like, who are you shopping? Because Pablo Lopez is a four starter on most teams. Trevor Rogers kind of fell off. We don't know what Edward Cabrera is, and they're not going to deal Sandy. Because if they deal Sandy, they might as well just deal Jazz, to Jazz Chisholm with him. Like, yeah, really. So yeah. I think Yuri Perez has a chance to come up and get some good major league innings this year. It's just, I don't think he's ready to come up yet. I mean, yeah, and he only, he only played 17 games total in double A last year. I think he's got to make the jump to triple A before going up to the pros because his double A, uh, his double A staying, it, it, it didn't go very well. Well, it didn't mm. go horrible, but it wasn't like we got to move this guy to the next level. He's just, he's going to stick there for a little bit. And then when they see improvement, then he's going to jump up. Like remember that guy was born in two thousand three. He ain't even twenty yet. That's that's bizarre, man. Yeah, and another guy I kind of looked at was Ken Waldachuk. He was moved in the Lou Trevino, Frankie Montas trade. Steve, did you have something on him? Mm, I didn't have anything on him, but I was looking again. I was just kind of looking over everyone, and he was a name that I really really liked, especially being on Oakland, a team that doesn't really have anybody. He can kind of shine in a in on that less than par uh roster yeah and especially like if he's doing well he'll probably get traded at the trade deadline um yeah i don't think they're gonna do that to a rookie you never know um but like everything points to like good success with him so i'm a big fan of that yeah i mean i just love looking at these rookies man there's a lot of there's a lot of things to like there's a lot of things to track here i'm on brandon fat right now and he somehow went from double A to triple A, double A having a 4.5 ERA, and then going to triple A and having a 2.63 ERA through 10 games. That's that's impressive, while also having much better overall numbers. Yeah. I think with him, it's just 
Tom, you okay? I think his headset died. Yeah, my headset uh, just died. We're all uh, good, though. All right. I think with Brandon Fat though, it's just someone that you're looking at someone who, if they come up to the major leagues, they're going to have Brent Strom right there to help develop them. Like he saw how much he assisted people on the Diamondbacks roster this year. Merrill, Merrill Kelly, Zach Allen, obviously those are the two two heads of the horse. But like you saw how much improvement, especially Merrill Kelly, had his career year. He hasn't been able to help Madison Bumgarner. But again, that's someone that once he's gone, like Brandon Fat isn't going to get those innings. Um, and to your point, right, like you have that that they, they have people in place to help them. And that's why a guy like Cade Cavalli, I kind of stayed away from because I don't think the Nats have the the tools to help a young budding starting pitching prospect. And you've kind of seen it with with Josiah Gray that he hasn't really taken that next step that we wanted him to. They went out and they're getting a lot of analytical talent and they're trying to revamp their analytics department. But I don't think it will see drastic differences between last year and this year on the development side of things. Yeah, for sure. You want to talk about ceilings. Ceilings on players don't mean anything if you don't have the people to get them there. So that's a good point with uh, with Fat. I think Fat's going to be very good given his coaching staff. Yeah, and one guy I kind of wanted to look into real quick as I pull up his baseball reference page is Hunter Brown. Uh, I took him because I knew the comp and I knew he was going to get some starting pitching opportunities. He's got the he's in the 89th percentile for fastball velocity. It's like he's averaging 97 miles an hour. If that doesn't sound like a young Justin Verlander, um, with the same mechanics, you know, he's featuring the four pinch mix. But instead of a changeup, he's actually throwing a split finger, which I find quite interesting. Uh, but he is getting hit hard when people are making contact, obviously it's 51 batted balls, but there is room for improvement. And he's on the Houston Astros. Like, you know, there's going to be improvement there. And there's the only concern is that it's not even his fastball. that's getting hit. It's his slider. So worst things worse, he throws fastball, curveball, split finger, and you got a three pitch pitcher who's dominating across the major leagues in his rookie season. I don't think we're talking Cy Young by any means. I think we're talking just a quality rookie season. If we're looking ERA wise, looking at a three five ERA, something like that, going 160 innings, and I think that's a quality major league pitcher on any team. And I mean something something in him snapped in 2022 because he went from a good pitcher to a like a very good pitcher. I mean in 2021 and 2019 he didn't pitch 2020. I don't believe he did not pitch very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like the stuff that you need to get to the pros. And in 2022 he kind of cut everything back while also going crazy and striking out everyone. So it was it was it's like. I don't know what happened in AAA with him, but he's he's just leveled up to the next level, and he goes with the pros and does that. So yeah, he'll be good next year. And he's again, I'm just digging even further. He's Justin Verlander. He's got the rising fastball, a great vertical curveball. I mean, in his small sample size, 162 pitches, his fastball already averaged a negative three run value per 100 pitches, like a negative five total run value. That's a fantastic pitch. I, I'm impressed. I think that there is high ceiling here, but then again, one injury and the season's derailed. It can happen like that. Yeah. Do you think they have room on the starting roster for that? They do, right? A hundred percent. Okay. So he'll be, he'll be on day one. Okay. It's right now. It's Valdez or Kitty, um, Lance McCullers. I'm forgetting one big Christian one. Javier. Javier. Christian Javier. Yeah. yeah. And then Hunter Brown. Even without Verlander, they're still good, man. It's just yeah. scary. I mean, I again, I think 
he has high upside. I think the Astros will make that upside go even higher. And I think, honestly, he might be the best pitcher in this draft on opening day. Because I don't know if Grayson Rodriguez will be up on opening day. I think he's the last guy we really need to touch on. Yeah. Uh, Is Grayson Rodriguez top or number two prospect for the Orioles would be number one for almost every other organization if he didn't have to follow Gunnar Henderson. This is a guy who could come up and get, I talked about him on our 10 guys that you need to know more about. This is a guy that could come up and win a Cy Young award immediately. Like he's got the potential for it. I obviously there is some polishing that needs to come up. Like that happens everywhere. Only one person has come up and won the Cy Young award in their first year. And that was Fernando mania in the strike short in 1981 season. But Grayson Rodriguez high, like good fastball, good curveball, good slider, Room for a good changeup, room for a good cutter. Because that changeup has a 15 mile an hour difference. You have a guy coming up throwing 97, 98 with an 86, 87 changeup. Batters are already going to be thrown off by that. And when you throw in plus breaking pitches, you're looking at an ace. Maybe it'll take him a year or two to get there, but that's the type of person the Orioles should have gone out and gotten this offseason, but are going to have coming up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just the only thing I'm worried about is maybe a control issue or injuries. Uh, I mean, I know last year was cut short before he got called up just due to injury. Mm. Um, but honestly, if he can keep that in, in check, uh, this is a very good pitcher. I mean, he's been consistent too. It's not like a fluke season. He's been consistently good through the entire minor league system. Yeah. And like, again, again, talked about it on the 10 players you need to know more about. 12.53 strikeouts per nine in AAA over 69 nice innings in 2022. What else is there to say? This guy has a high ceiling, and I think he could reach it very quickly. You guys got anything else you got? I'm all good. I'm good, too. All right. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Podcast. We'll be back on Friday with another episode. If you want to interact with us at all, be sure to follow us on Twitter or TikTok. We'll also be uploading shorts from this, as Dev said, to our YouTube page. All social media links will be in the description below. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating or if you have any suggestions, please share it with a friend. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace.